0: You're listening to the Weekend Sports Buzz. Tell us your thoughts on the Oxmoor-Fort Lincoln Buzz Line at 384-1450. Hey,
1: good morning sports fans. Actually, good afternoon. I'm used to saying good morning because I'm usually on from 9 to 11 on the Weekend Sports Buzz, but we are doing a very special uh, afternoon edition of the Weekend Sports Buzz leading up to what's going to be a great weekend of sports. We've got probably one of the Biggest final weekends in the NFL history. There's four college bowl games today. It could be actually one of the better college bowl game days of the whole bowl game series, including the My Notre Dame Fighting Irish, who are kicking off right now. Uh, There's a huge college basketball game, Syracuse and Villanova playing today. But I think, oh, yeah. Oh, and Kentucky and Louisville are playing hoops today. So we are actually here in Lexington, Fayette Mall, Wildcat Warehouse, getting you ready for the Cats. And the cards, Rupp Arena today, four o'clock. I am joined right now by a couple of my uh, of my homies from Kentucky Heartbeat, John Martin. How you doing, John?
2: Doing well. Uh, the the excitement's at all time high level. We're by the food court, probably symbolic of the fact that we're about to feast on the Cardinals. I like
1: that. I like that. And well, on some Chick Fil A, maybe you know, Chicken
2: filet. some bird,
1: Get, eat some bird. Where do you
2: go with the Chick Fil A?
1: Um, you know, I am. Uh, Sometimes I'll do the spicy chicken sandwich.
2: Never a bad decision. Never a bad
1: It could be a little spicier, you know, or, uh, you know, I go with the nuggets. I'm not already going with the nuggets. Classic. Yeah. I, I go with nuggets instead of strips. Is that weird?
2: No, not at all. Okay.
1: I just feel like you get more. I don't know. I don't know. And then, of course, we're also joined by the lovely Ashley Scobie. Ashley, how Thank are you today? You.
3: I'm great. How
1: are you? I'm fantastic. Ashley, are you excited for today?
3: I'm pretty excited for all the above reasons because we have great football on today, too. Great college basketball. This is the perfect time of year. You get good games in everything, and there's no baseball, so it's perfect.
1: Well, come on now. Got, always <laughs> you always got to cheer on the Cincinnati baseball. Reds, yeah, all right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. we have been very disappointingly just not active at all this off season, but that's, you know, not, not <laughs> really <laughs> <laughs> a story for <laughs> right Typical now. Typical Cincinnati Reds. Yeah, it's, it's, it is what it is. But, uh, you know, we are here to talk mainly about basketball, and uh, even though the cards play tonight in a, in a, bowl, in a f- fairly large bowl game, a bowl game with a lot of great storylines, you know, I don't really – I get the sense that certainly nobody here in Lexington cares about talking about the football game tonight. And even uh, doing the show that I did yesterday in Louisville, it didn't seem like there's even that much excitement about a, a bowl game. It could be Teddy Bridgewater's last bowl game. There's all these storylines with Clint Hurt, in Miami, and Howard Schnellenberger, and there's drama. Nobody cares. I think that
3: I mean that's that's fans though they you know they they talk about their football program and everything but Charlie Strong has said it before they don't get as much support as a basketball team and I think that hurt his feelings a little bit but yeah I mean people it's Kentucky it's Kentucky that's the state they are extremely excited about this game they know that you know both teams have a lot to prove and you know that's more important than their bowl game right now
1: any chance that this is Charlie Strong's last game as a Cardinal coach
2: you know what. That's a really good question, and that's that's up for debate, you know, across the state, well, I guess, in the Louisville metro area. I think Charlie Strong's going to hold out for Florida. I think if Florida, which, in my opinion, Florida should have been vacant this year.
1: I can't imagine why they're not. I just I don't understand that, how you can have the worst season in Florida history since 1979.
2: Since 1979, they were awful. They are dismal, and I know they're injury-plagued. I mean, you can't remove that from the equation. But much – it doesn't seem like – I mean, they still are loaded. They still have talent. They still have speed and skill in most positions. You can still rally the troops and finish 6-6, six 7-5. Six,
3: you can still beat, what, Georgia State? Who is it that they lost? Georgia, Georgia Southern. Southern? Georgia yeah.
2: Southern. Yeah, I just uh, – you know,
1: who knows? Who, was, who basically said all we're going to do is run the ball and you still can't stop us. So it was, it was just – it was unbelievable. But uh, uh, it's – I'm surprised on that, too. I actually don't. Haven and I agree. I don't think that Florida hires Charlie Strong. Uh, really? Because I think they go with an offensive-minded coach and not mm-hmm. a defensive-minded coach. Haven Harrington now join us. Haven, how's it going?
4: Doing pretty well, man. Got greeted by the greatness that is the Fayette County Police Department on the way into. Uh, <laughs> Did you? Did they <laughs> give you a nice little piece of paper? No, no, I, no. no. Oh. No paper. Thank okay. God. That's good. Just a warning. Just a
1: warning. All right. Good deal. Did you show them a little leg or something? How'd that go? A <laughs> little chest hair. A little chest hair. Okay. All right. Okay. That You know, that works. But uh, we were just talking a little bit of football going before we get into our basketball stuff. And four great bowl games on today. We got Notre Dame records kicking off right now. Cincinnati, uh, North Carolina. Then, of course, the little Miami game. And the nightcap tonight at at 10:15, 15,
2: 15 Kansas State
1: and Michigan, uh, who I can't imagine anybody's going to be watching that game. But uh, I think Louisville-Miami <laughs> is really, to me, one of the more intriguing uh, the marquee matchup. non-BCS games out there. That's the mean, marquee matchup. And if Miami had Duke Johnson, I think Miami wins, but Miami hadn't been the same without Duke Johnson. So I expect Louisville to, to win in that one. And that's pretty much all we're going to say about that. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Can we talk about Clint Hurt for a second, though? Because sure. I find that fascinating that...
1: When Haven's hey, my football guy by the when way when the here.
2: dust has settled you find out it, it's not up for debate. He's officially been linked, he's paid recruits. I mean, he's broken NCAA laws and like serious infractions we're talking about. And Jurich comes out and just gives his unwavering support. I know he's slapped with some punishments, but they're like, We're good. Can you not find a replacement for him? I have if cheating you? ain't trying. <laughs> So,
5: so
1: U of L can never say anything about Cal again. That's, who's never got? That's it. Who's never gotten in trouble? No. On, on about anything.
2: How I I still find it just absolutely uh, unbelievable that c- you try to link Cal to ACT. Okay, for anyone that has ever taken the ACT, Coach Cal isn't sitting in there waiting outside coaching them up, saying, "Okay, how was that science section during snack break time?" No, it's administered. You got by a snack? Yeah, you had to do a <laughs> snack break. I got, like, one snack break. When was this? Yes. 15 minutes. Not back ACC? when they're Not youngest. Back. I took it. No, it
4: was
1: nah, like. You had, we had a snack
3: break. Yeah, you can bring didn't. your own food. Like, nah, I no, no.
1: That's, that's the thing. They got easy. This is hours. probably, like, after the ADD for <laughs> yeah. uh, fad. You Likely know, so. You know. This was the
3: SAT, too, right? Man, was the ACT. We had to
1: sit there for it three, four hours. That test is, like, five hours. We didn't go to the bathroom. I know. Yeah. No calculators. It was real. Yeah, that's back when it was real. We actually did it in uh, charcoal instead of we didn't have.
4: That's how. Yeah, we had to show your math, man. Show your work.
1: (laughs) We were that old. Yeah, we didn't even have like Scantron cards. You know, we had to like do it in Morse code. (laughs) So
2: moral of the story, uh, Cal, Marcus Canby took money. Okay, that's on him. Uh, There's
1: no way you can link out to the Marcus Camby situation. No,
2: and same thing with Derrick Rose. Those are two personal, and players do that all the time. Same thing as, you know, Terrell Pryor taking money from, what, the tattoo shop from selling memorabilia, free tattoos. Players do things on their own. They're adults. Yeah, like, you, you maybe
1: put up a national championship ring on auction. and
2: Yeah. And, but it was but,
3: stolen, of course. It but was, was stolen. stolen.
2: Yeah,
1: you know. Quote, unquote. And, uh, but, yeah, yeah, loyal fans cannot say anything because, listen, not enough is made. I don't think of the fact that if this guy was cheating to get these Miami guys to go to Miami,
3: what's he going to do at Louisville? How
1: does he not cheat to get them to come to Louisville? Exactly. Easy, huh? Easy.
4: <laughs> how's, how's it easy? Yeah, because Louisville, and Miami are two completely different cultures. Okay, but
1: what well, school? Sure. If you're a football player, that's your choice. Yeah. I'm Sunny in Miami, who's got a football tradition, or cold Louisville, who plays in, a, who played in a. Crappy conference at the time. They didn't know they were going to the ACC. Well,
2: it was a very recent uh, resurgence.
4: i would say recent resurgence. I mean, Louisville's well, been, Lua, been steadily building the program, and you can see, you can watch it trajectory for the past 10, 12 years. It's been on a steady increase. I mean, the winds have gotten better, stadium has gotten better, constantly upgrading conferences. Constantly upgrading players. That's fair, but why would you go there over Miami?
0: Still Miami.
2: National titles. My-
4: Actually, you know, there's, there's a couple reasons. If you've ever been to miami home game, when they're not it's playing true. Florida State, you can see it's why. Barren. Because there's nobody there. I mean, the stadium is empty. I, I guarantee you right now there'll be more Louisville fans from Miami than, than Miami fans from Miami at the Russell Athletic Bowl. Oh, that'd be interesting to see. I, I guarantee you. Because Miami fans, they don't travel well. They don't come out to the games unless they're playing Florida State and sometimes Florida at home. That's like a super big marquee matchup before anybody in Florida will come out. And when you come here, it's, 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 it's different. You know, you got some fan support. Everybody comes out to the games. That's number one. Number two, people just want to get away from home. You see it all the time here. You know, people just want to get away from home. And Louisville's a great place to go if you're from Miami. Because Louisville has a large African-American population. It's a very urban city. So it's something they're familiar with. It's not like you're leaving Miami and going to Tuscaloosa, Alabama, where you're out in the middle of cornfields by yourself. <laughs> you know, you know, when you come to Louisville, you come into a large city with a large African-American population, you feel comfortable because this is what you're used to in Miami. And that's I the think, reason why Charlie Strong stays. Minus violence.
2: <laughs> I think those are all fair points on a relative scale. I really do. Um, I just say players want to get to the league and miami puts players in the nfl year after year after and year, they even put, when they're down
1: and the wwe you can't forget the rock
2: this is university true. of miami the great one
1: <laughs> the other thing about football before notre dame scores the touchdown they're getting really closer uh... marching down. i think they're on like the six yard line which we love to see or they're on the eight yard line and i will sing the notre dame fight song for the first notre dame touchdown <laughs> of the day does the big ten win a bowl game because i, I mean, haven knows how i feel about this the big ten to me is awful
2: Run down the – can you run down some of the matchups? Okay,
4: well, yeah, Michigan, Kansas State tonight.
2: I think Michigan, Michigan no. pulled that game Michigan out. Michigan lost
4: a quarter. Michigan's quarterback is uh, – is the quarterback, I believe, was out for the
1: game? Uh, I'm not sure. The, but the guy that always wears the 98 jersey? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not sure. I can't remember what his name is. That's how bad that is. You've got uh, Michigan State and Stanford. And Michigan State has li- lost their running back. Yes. And I don't Ooh. think they got a chance against Stanford without their running back. Um, you've got – uh, South Carolina and Wisconsin.
2: That's, that's a tough See, matchup. I could see Wisconsin controlling the clock in that game.
1: Dude, it's Wisconsin of old. I don't they just lost to Penn State at home. There's if they if South Carolina loses that game, Spurrier should be fired. I, there's no way. LSU and Iowa. No way. No, no. way they win. L S U will
3: definitely win
1: that. Ohio State and Clemson, which that's probably their best bet, but I still like Clemson in that game. But I really, really hate Ohio State. Full disclosure. Wouldn't
3: it be hilarious, though, if they lost that bowl game? They go, what, two seasons without losing, and they're all hyped up, and then, you know, they lose. A
1: non yeah. the Champions. Yeah, and then they Who lose got the bowl destroyed game. destroyed by Florida State? Georgia-Nebraska. Anybody like that Georgia-Nebraska? Who thinks that is losing to Nebraska?
4: Uh, well, no, without Aaron Murray, there, all, there's, there's a possibility. There's a win. There's, yeah. there's a win I without mean, there, Murray. I mean, there, there is a possibility they can beat Georgia without Murray. And then Syracuse has already beat Minnesota. We're surprised everybody, <laughs> except I picked Minnesota to beat Syracuse. That was a, one of the early upsets of the bowl season. But they, they literally, I mean, I think they have a chance
1: of going winless in the bowl season. Oh, there's I'm actually a chance. And I
4: actually might throw a party. Actually,
2: there's a really <laughs> good chance.
1: <laughs> All right, Notre Dame now has the ball on the four yard lines. First and goal from the four. So let's, uh, get, let's punch it in an Irish and uh, beat the future Big Ten What's, opponent, uh, the what's Brady Quinn's
2: stats early on? Brady Quinn? <laughs> what's Brady Quinn?
1: <laughs> I don't know, I think Brady Quinn's still on the sidelines. <laughs> so, but uh, we do have, uh, you know, it looks like uh, the, the quarterback last year is coming back.
2: Oh, really? Yeah,
1: he got readmitted to Notre Dame.
2: Wow. Well it's uh, not going to help.
1: No? Congrats. Uh, we we'll not going We'll too. see when they kick Louisville's ass at, at Notre Dame Stadium next year. It's a season I can say getting, that word on the radio, I think. You just didn't worry about <laughs> it. <laughs> all right, so it doesn't really matter. All right, so we, uh, let's, let's get right into anything else you all want to mention on the football front.
2: I'm clear with. I've got blinders up for today. You blinders? <clears man. throat> you don't care. I've got blinders for how basketball. Can you, how
4: can you have blinders? There's so much going on
1: it's in football-wise.
2: It's Armageddon. I mean, you have
4: Louisville, Miami. It's a great matchup. Sunday, you have Dallas against the Eagles for the NFC Championship. Right. I'm Who's a Packers. Play I'm a huge Packers fan. The Packers. Fan.
2: I've got my Aaron Rodgers my boy sure boy right back. Now. The Golden Boy. Only if Cobb comes back, baby. The best quarterback in the league has returned. He should have returned two weeks ago, but he's back now. It's all that matters. Is going
4: to be rusty going against a, uh, a Helter Skelter Bears team? You don't know
2: which Bears are going to show you up. I don't this. think
3: there's going to be any rust. Aaron Rodgers knows that offense. He's been practicing for two, been practicing. two or three weeks now. Three I weeks. think he'll be good.
2: And Chicago's got the most god-awful... Rushing defense in the league, and we got the rookie of the year, a thousand-yard rusher, and Eddie Lacy. I think they'll
3: sneak Randall Cobb in there too. I think, I think I he'll play. Back. That's what
2: we but want. But you to see.
1: never
4: know. You never know. What? I mean, the Bears look It's in Soldier I, mean, I mean, the Bears look like world beaters against Dallas. Do you ever remember an NFL Sunday? And they got
1: stomped. You ever remember the, an the NFL Eagles. Sunday where you have so many head-to-head matchups with the playoffs on line, where it's not like this team wins and this team loses over
4: here, but they're actually playing each other?
1: The drama is it's
2: real. just amazing.
4: It's just I mean, ever since NFL last year te- tweaked the schedule. So you kinda of have the rivalries or the matchups towards the end of the season.
3: That's a great idea. It's just made
4: all the difference. Because now you, you really have like
3: It's it's last the playoffs this week.
1: Yeah. Eagles, Cowboys. That's one. Uh the I know I'm forgetting a whole is, bunch of. Is
2: Roma? what's is there any Romo's of- Roma's out. out for the year. He's out. Okay. He's out for the year. I, My, I thought they were still trying to get him together. No, they to he had surgery.
1: He ended up having surgery. Okay. Notre Dame is trying to do their best of, to not score. They now are third and four from the four-yard line. I mean, Rutgers has a
4: stout defense.
1: Yeah. Nobody who's ever been affiliated with the Big East has a stout anything. So <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I will tell you this. I will tell you this. I don't and, even think Louisville's defense is that good. I got to be real on you. Really? Yeah. Louisville's defense is actually pretty, is, is pretty good. They gave up like 35 good. points to Central Florida.
4: That's just one game.
1: All right. That's I just mean, one game. You know. Uh, it's, to me, I don't think that Louisville-Miami game, I think Louisville's going to win. I don't think it's going to be as high-scoring as what everyone's predicting it to
4: be. I don't think it's going I don't, I don't to be as high-scoring as what people think either. Uh, but be, to me, it's a very interesting matchup because, one, Howard Stellenberg is the guy who put both these programs on the map. And oddly enough, if it wasn't for the greatness of the Kentucky Wildcats turning down Howard Stellenberg when he tried to come back, Louisville not be in the situation they're in now. That's it probably true. Thank you, Kentucky dynamic. fans. Thank you, Kentucky
1: fans. Dynamic. <laughs> All right, we're going to take our first break. Truth is on the line. We're going to catch him on the other side, and we'll be right back on the Weekend Sports Buzz.
0: You're listening to the Weekend Sports Buzz. Tell us your thoughts on the oxmoor Ford Lincoln Buzzline at 384-1450. Welcome back, sports
1: fans. Mike Gandolfo here with the uh, people from Kentucky Heartbeat, Haven, Harrington, John Martin, Ashley Scobie. We're all here talking. We did our one segment where we did not really talk basketball, so that is it. That's, that's, <laughs> that's over. It, that's all. We are now out of our full system. in. Blindish for basketball. Two hours and 40 minutes of basketball. And if you want to join in the discussion, please call on the oxmoor Ford Lincoln Buzzline. 502-384-1450, and we got a guy here who I'm sure is just dying to weigh in on this U.K. UFL game from his objective eyes. <laughs> the truth.
5: How y'all doing this afternoon? Uh, you all early. Students.
1: Indiana can't lose today.
5: I'll <laughs> uh, well, tell you, let me, let me get, before I talk about Indiana, let me tell you who I'm picking to win between Kentucky and Louisville.
1: Well, I don't I like, who you I want to just pick. I want your breakdown truth.
5: Kentucky by fourteen and oh, James, oh. Young, Ke- James Young James Young, Akafu, and Robrina with twenty eight points. He gonna score twenty eight points because K- Louisville, on the three position, Louisville don't have no answer for Kentucky. I'll
1: tell you what I'll tell you fourteen. I will be on Facebook a lot tonight.
5: <laughs> a whole lot. Very active. You know,
1: yes. I will
5: I I, I, I want a- y'all a- I'm getting ready to talk. About, let me tell you about the great Pista piece, the Pete. The piece, the piece. The, we got a girl in Illinois. I know y'all ain't never heard of her, but she's you big told change. me about last week. Uh, she scored 60 points last night. Whoa.
1: Oh. And she's going out her of here, name
5: right? is, Yeah, her name is Tara Buss. She, need, uh, she needed coming in last night. She needed... Uh, 63 points to beat all-time lead score in Illinois. She scores out of 96 points. She scores 60.
1: That's pretty impressive. And the girl,
5: stuff. You look her up. She's I'm making a Gatorade Player of the Year at high school. I told you she's nothing like Pistol Pete. And let me tell you, Kentucky Wildcats fans, something. I went to see Trey Lyle and James Blackman play Monday night in Indianapolis, and James Blackman acrophobe. I'll pick a Kentucky Wildcats to beat Louisville, Kentucky. This is one day you can go and land that the truth is going to cheer for the Big Blue Nation. And Free y'all sh- have a good weekend. I Free like it, you, truth.
1: Well, truth, you have a great weekend. Enjoy your non-IU sports weekend and uh, uh, cheer up, cats. Yes.
3: James Young for twenty-eight points. Tune in at four
2: PM. I like
4: poor truth. The truth. Uh, poor dropping truth. dropping the truth. I mean, the guys that's going to be just. Just just depressed at the end of the day when, when Louisville beats up on Miami uh-huh. and, and, and
1: takes it away from U.K. I think he's just depressed because Indiana did not make it to a bowl game because uh, they thought they had that in the bag. And a terrible Big Ten. Remember at
3: the beginning of the year we when Indiana We thought they had seven, eight wins.
1: Like... Yeah, I mean, they just disappointed. They just, no defense.
3: No defense.
1: No defense at all. Speaking of no defense, let's talk about the Louisville Cardinals real quick on basketball. <laughs> because <laughs> what we nice, don't know.
3: transition there.
1: We don't know how good their defense is because six of their games have been against teams that are ranked above the top 200 or above, not even in the top 200, I guess I should say. Solid. Yeah. That is correct. I mean, we really don't know. This is, to me, is anyone who says they know what Louisville is or what Kentucky is right now, I think you've got a better idea of what Kentucky is and what Louisville is, but you really don't know what Louisville is because if these schedules were reversed, the records would probably be reversed. Louisville might beat Baylor. I think Baylor was just a really bad matchup problem for Kentucky.
2: I agree. I agree with that.
1: But overall, you could easily see where Louisville plays Kentucky's schedule and they're 9-3. Kentucky's, you know, got the one-loss record and they're ranked in the top two in the country. But, you know, the the truth of the matter is, we don't know how bad Louisville really truly misses Gorgie Zhang underneath the basket. A lot. I
4: I think it's a lot, lot. too, and I don't
1: think that's being talked about enough.
4: I say it's a whole lot. And you can tell because Louisville doesn't have the same clamp down defense they had last year because it can't. Because last year had Gorgie in the middle, who was a tremendous shot blocker. So, you know, teams had to play us differently. This year, without the, the shot blocking presence, it kind of it's opened up the middle and the paint for kind of teams to drive and get a little deeper and against Louisville's defense.
2: Because Gorgie was a bailout play. I mean, he could bail you out. Russ
4: could take a chance in, for a steal, and
1: Gorgie's there to clean up his mess.
2: Right. Yeah. He could go out and pressure the ball and know that if he gets beat,
1: Gorgie's there to, to back him up. And they had a great rotation down and all that kind of stuff. And and so from that standpoint, you know, because I do think that the difference today is going to be how how effectively Louisville can pressure Kentucky's guards. The best way for Louisville to take away Kentucky's inside game is to pressure the guards and make, them, make Andrew Harrison and Aaron Harrison Start the offense further away from the basket, take away the passing angles. You know, don't let them get their feet set for a good three point shot. Make it harder to get into Randall because you're pressuring the ball not necessarily what you do on Randall, but what you do to the ball. And if that happens and Kentucky's able to uh, withstand that pressure and you know break through, they got a shot because the Harrison twins with that little 15 foot jumpers can be pretty, pretty deadly,
2: pretty lethal. I just think we've got size advantage at every position, flat out. I mean, Russ Smith is not six feet. He's a generous 5'11".
4: He's not a 5'11". Russ Smith may be like like (laughs) 5'9". Literally. I mean, seriously, he may be 5'9". He is a small dude. He's little. But Russ has always played against bigger, taller point guards. That's all he's done. I mean, last year in the Final Four, National Championship game, in the New York playgrounds, he's always played against bigger, taller – to me, like, size against Russ doesn't matter. It's, it's, it really doesn't matter because he knows how to play against bigger and taller guards. The question is, is how the Harrison twins, being longer and taller, they still haven't learned how to play college defense yet. How That's to play exactly defense right. with your feet.
3: How do they use their size? Yeah, exactly. I mean, how do they use
4: their size? Because Russ will use his size. Jones, Rozier will use their size, and they will because they're quicker than the Harrison twins. So can the Harrison twins avoid foul trouble by getting their hands out and, and using their feet to play defense rather than trying to use their hands? Like, you no know, last year, you use your hands. You can, you but it, it, it makes all the difference, and though, down. when
1: you can funnel those guys into those shot blockers. When you've got Willie Colley-Stein sitting there blocking shots, I mean, Kentucky can take a couple more chances that way, and the backside rotation's that much more important then. So to me, you know, yes, they got to be able to move their feet and stay in front and – From that standpoint, I think you're going to see Dominique Hawkins play a lot. And Dominique Hawkins, to me, is such a key to this game because he has to be able to give – he's developing himself into one of the elite perimeter defenders in college basketball. As good as he is on defense is as bad as he is on offense. And so he needs to be able to give Kentucky just something on offense to make Louisville play him a little bit uh, honestly so that they just don't take whoever's guarding Dominique and – and double down on Julius.
3: Well, I think Dominique Hawkins has shown that he's the absolute spark of this team sometimes. When he comes in, I mean, he is ferocious on defense. He's just ferocious on the court. And I think that kind of translates well to a team that, you know, their effort has been questioned a lot this year. And you've got a kid like, you know, a Kentucky kid like Dominique Hawkins that comes in. You know, there was a story out yesterday, I think, Dominique Hawkins remembers crying when when Kentucky lost to Louisville one year. I, I mean, people, I mean, you can say that's not really important, but I think he'll come in with a, a great mindset for this game. I mean, he, he can be the spark.
1: I mean, he's had big games, you know, as a high school player in that, in Rupp Marina, so Exactly. And that's a pretty big stage too. It's not the same kind of stage, but it's still a big stage. And uh, if he can knock down a couple shots, give him four, six points, you know, that you don't, all he needs. that's all he needs enough to make him play honest. He can go out there and you know what? I don't think he guards Russ Smith. I think he guards Chris Jones. I think the next part of Cal's game plan, Russ scores 30. That's great.
2: Put James Young on
1: Russ. Let Russ work his tail off to score 30 because Russ Smith is a better player this year because of how, much, how he gets everyone else involved. And if you can take away, I don't think Russ is going to beat you by himself. He won't. Because he, he misses too many shots. But if you can get him to take away getting everyone else involved, he's the leading assist guy on this, on this U of L team. And if you can
4: make him, then that's what Carolina did. You know, give him 32, but don't, don't let anybody else beat you. Honestly, what I think may happen is that you may see U of L and UK reverse roles. You actually may see U of L go to more of a dribble drive offense because our guards. And you might see Kentucky play zone. It might see Kentucky play zone, correct. and and try and make Louisville beat
2: them by shooting. And it'd be interesting. Because Louisville's percentage from three this year is not too hot.
4: Louisville's never been a good three-point shooting team, ever. They got some guys (sighs) that can struggle. Preston Knowles.
2: What about one Preston Knowles back in the day? We got Preston Knowles,
4: got and those guys. But Preston Knowles once beat up my dad with a hairbrush. (laughs) 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 But, you know, for the, you know, but but as long as Brooks been here, he really hasn't had that great three-point shooting team outside of, you know, when Garcia and those guys were here and when Preston was here. I mean, that was pretty much about it. Other teams have been kind of lackluster from the three-point line. What this little team does is get points in transition and drive. And that's 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 how they've been scoring all year. And Russ gets in there, he gets in the paint, kicks it back out, loses it to an open uh, Chris Jones, Rozier. He creates uh, – he makes the defense collapse and creates openings for Shane behannon and, and uh, Blackshirt to get involved in offense. And I, I see him doing the same thing. But – well, I'm gonna be interested to see with this game is how Kentucky's as the game goes on and the pressure starts to intensify, how will the freshmen respond? Because so far this season, they folded. Well, not that's not true. You can't not say folded. they folded against Michigan they State. Fold. Like they came back they answered the they, call against they, State. they just ran out of time. They fought, yeah, they ran out of time, but but then again, that's 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 freshmen. That's the and that's the maddening part about Freshman. And this is, the where, this is been, where the advantage is By guys is who haven't been here before.
1: That's why I think having this game at Rupp Arena, if if this game was at the Yum Center. i will be nervous. I, been, I be really would have been, I really would feel that Louisville would probably would be winning this game. If can, this game at, is at Rupp, since this game's at Rupp, and if I, the first four minutes of this game to that first media timeout is so important, and if Kentucky fans can just, if, if Louisville doesn't just come out and just totally blitz Kentucky right off the bat and where Kentucky's fan base stays into the game, because I, I really feel like the Kentucky fan base, Louisville goes on one of those booms, that place is going to get real quiet. And it's going to be like, okay, here we go again. We're, we're back to last year. You know, there's that percentage of Kentucky fans. I'm not one of them. You know, I know basketball. I know that this is a totally different team than last year that will feel like, Oh, we're just going to go back to what it was last year, you know, that we don't have enough boys from the mountains that can shoot the ball and all that kind of stuff. I like think
3: that's the key is, is the beginning of the game, like you said, because, you know, you can say that they've folded, but against these, you know, top 25 teams, they've come back and they have fought. You know they have fought at the ends of games. It's the beginning of games and their overall effort for 40 minutes, as Matthew Mitchell would say for the women's team. Um, it's the overall effort, like in the middle of the game, the beginning of the game, that has been questioned. So I think if they come out and they get blitzed by Louisville, you know how do they respond to that?
1: Right. And then you brought up Matthew Mitchell, and I'm actually this. We'll take this last point before we head to our second break. But I went to the Kentucky Duke game last yeah, week. Yeah, yeah. Okay, it was awesome, and uh, to see that many people there for a women's basketball game was phenomenal. Kentucky came up short. They didn't shoot the ball very well, but there's one thing, one realization that I came through with that game that is relevant to this game. As a coach, it's easier to game plan for speed than it is for size. And, that's what happened in that Kentucky-Duke game. Did you go by any chance?
3: Yeah, I covered the game. And so, the, the size advantage was tremendous. It, I think if Denisha Stallworth had played in that game, Kentucky would have won. Right. Because Duke was just bigger at every single position.
1: And that's what we're going to see with Kentucky exactly. over Louisville. They're exactly. bigger at every position. And Kentucky is almost like this Louisville squad where it's, they're, they've got a lot of bunch of quick perimeter players that rely on getting to the basket. But you can game plan to take away that speed. A lot easier than you can take away the size. The difference is, is that you can't. You mentioned transition points, Haven, and to me, it's not transition points. It's points off turnovers. Louisville's not that great off rebound transition. Yeah. It's it's the bad the bad non dead ball turnover that Kentucky has to avoid that leads to easy Louisville points. If uh, if Kentucky's going to turn the ball over a lot, they do. They. I feel like they counterbalance that with how good they are on the offensive glass. Mm-hmm. They take possessions away with the turnovers, but they gain possessions with the offensive glass. But the turn the type of turnover today really matters.
2: It's I see I let me heart back. I think you cannot prepare for speed or size. I want to go back to that real quick. I think okay, take someone like John Wall. You cannot prepare for John Wall, and I think speed or quickness that. You're talking about individual
1: stuff. This is this is still a team game, and you got to remember how much size that team had, also.
2: Right, right, right.
1: And That's John Wall is still six four and long. Yeah, they were huge.
3: Well, like you said, it's it's difficult to prepare for both, but I think it is harder, you know, on a relative scale to prepare for just the length of the team. You know, you've got the Harrison twins that have arms for days, and you know Willie Colleystein Stein in the paint, who's like a eagle. I mean, he's got.
2: You know, he's are long eagles everywhere. Tall? What? Are eagles tall? Eagles are long. No, okay. long, long.
3: Okay.
2: Okay. <laughs> the wings,
3: you know. Okay, never mind. Wingspan. But you've got you've Wingspan. got length at every position, um, and it's it's hard to prepare for that. It's hard well, to prepare for arms flying at you from everywhere.
1: You know, and, and from that standpoint, so like if you're a, if you're playing defense against a quick team, you can who doesn't have a big inside presence, you can modify your defense to expand out and take away the three point shot and have a tremendous help side to take away the drive, and you're not really worried about, you know, a Mango uh, Mathiang or uh, Van Stink or anybody like that. You're not worried about those guys. because still they're not there. Really,
2: Stephen Van Trey is still at Louisville. He's still there. He's been there for a.
1: not even eligible, or he's off the team today. He's not even playing. And then you got got, uh, you know, obviously Montrez and Shane. Who who knows what you're going to get out of Shane. And but Montrez, so, you know what you're going to get. I don't know what you're going to get out of Montrez. I think he's kind of a downer. So – we are gonna be, uh, we're gonna take our last break and uh, we will be right back here on The Weekend Sports Buzz.
0: You're listening to The Weekend Sports Buzz. Tell us your thoughts on the Oxmoor Ford Lincoln Buzz Line at 384-1450.
1: Welcome back, Sports Fans. Weekend Sports Buzz here 1450. We are live in Fayette Mall where Wildcat Warehouse, where it's pretty uh I'm Mike Gendalfo, it's pretty obvious that Haven Harrington is the only Louisville fan in here. But to his uh he didn't wear red, which is pretty smart. There
3: was a Louisville fan in but, here. Oh, really. There was Loyal fan? Full red
4: pants,
1: yeah, red yeah, sweatshirt. I, I, I
0: can
3: prepare.
1: Uh oh. I can't prepare. We got man. the white Adidas <laughs> was, It says respect. I can't
4: prepare.
1: But does Louisville Adidas. exist? Adidas. John yeah, Martin the Cardinals. Does Louisville exist?
2: Right, let's ask. We've got a couple of geography majors. Tyler, geography major, does Louisville exist? I don't know. I
1: haven't seen it all, man. <laughs> all right, so we have, a, you, we have a concerned fan on the line. Caller, are you there?
5: I'm here, guys. How are you all doing today?
1: Pretty good. Sounds like this is another redneck from Oldham County. Is that true? <laughs>
5: you know, I'm just a concerned fan. It's, it's the battle of the Bluegrass today. And, uh, you know, I don't think either fan base really knows where this is going. But I'm very concerned, Mr. Gandolfo, due to the fact that Willie Cauley-Stein has blonde hair. We have Mr. <laughs> Patina in the building. And, you know, he really likes them blonde. Oh, <laughs> man. Wow. That is a
3: point that has wow. not been brought
1: up yet. <laughs> wow. We did not get to the point, will Rick Patino be oh. enamored by Willie Cauley-Stein's blonde hair and ask <laughs> him to a go out? To, uh, is that going to
2: game planning when he's in the huddle in timeout? He's running. It's a late-game situation. Down to 35 seconds He passes no. a
1: note down to the Kentucky bench. Says,
2: <laughs> Meet me at Bella note
5: All the way down the bench.
1: <laughs> Check yes or no.
2: That would be a
5: uh, – yes or no is correct. I just want uh, to say the show's going great. Catch my big 11 points. 11 it's gonna points. Be a fun one Miami also knocks off those Tars. Go Cays. Uh, All
1: right. Five. Thank you, Concerned fan. Miami has no chance. I don't think Miami has a chance in the whole game either. Not without right.
4: Duke Johnson, with their uh, the quarterbacks back though.
3: Hey, Vin, you know, I am curious from a Louisville fan's perspective. I mean, do the fans care about the football game right now, or yes. are they completely enamored with the basketball? No, no, no. I no. didn't
4: get a single football call on my show yesterday. No, this is a uh, the greatness that is being a Cardinal fan. We have a great football team and a Great basketball. No, you play in a great. terrible well, conference.
2: Easy, the word, the word great though. All the talk is national championship or bust this year. Is Teddy it, for Heisman. It was and BCS you're not in a BCS, BCS for me. bowl.
1: Teddy, well, listen, right. we'll just
4: settle for Teddy for AAC.
2: Teddy Graham.
1: First
4: team. It doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs>
1: hey, I like what? Teddy. I'm going
5: like
4: to play Teddy. I'm going to settle for Teddy. Number no one pick in the draft. Is he going, going to he go? He's going. He's got to go. He's got to
3: go. He, does he participate in senior day, right? Take he did, not. They, no, he did not. they wouldn't let him. They he wouldn't wanted let him. They wouldn't let Okay.
1: And uh, he graduated though.
3: Yeah, he did graduate. So, I mean, what's the point of staying?
4: At no, this there's
1: point? no point of staying. And, and you know, it's going to cost you. It's going to cost you money in the long run. And uh, we've talked to that yeah. ad nauseum though. Take so. the money and run. Take it and go. And if I'm a a of fan, I want him to take it and go. Yeah, I want him to go. All right. So this is the first time that I can remember in the regular season. Obviously, the Final Four game. There was a lot on the line. But this Louisville Kentucky game is not just a regular non-conference matchup that doesn't really mean anything. This this game's got some implications. Both these teams need a resume win. Have to have it, and because you're not going to get a great resume win in conference. Uh, Kentucky plays Florida, so you got those. You know, chance for Florida's. Uh, I think a legit national championship contender, especially when they grab. Uh, they get Chris Walker back. Louisville's got UConn and Memphis. That they need this non-conference win.
2: Absolutely. I mean, flat out, no questions asked.
1: I'd even go as far as saying, and tell me what you all think about this, Ashley. The loser of this game, although I think Louisville's got a better chance at it than does, If Kentucky does not win this game, they're not a top-two
4: seed in the NCAA tournament.
2: I agree with that. I, I was about that's to true. make that
4: point myself. Yeah, I'd agree. Yeah, they won't be because the only team they have in the SEC really is is Florida. And if they drop both of those, then it's a wrap.
1: And then that's four losses already. And, you know, just Louisville in the same hand. I think if Louisville loses it's tougher than getting number one seed. I think they still pretty good, have a good chance at two seed. But, uh, you know, they would almost have to win out in the AAC to get the number one seed.
3: Well, and I think, you know, when they played in the Final Four, everyone knew what we were going to get. You know, you've got one Final Four team against another. Everyone knew what was going to happen. It was going to be a great game. This time, you know, there's a lot more questions. You know, questions about what's going to happen. But both teams have so much to prove. You know, when they played in the Final Four, We knew they were both great teams. They had already proven themselves, you know, beyond anything else. This year, it's, you know, like you said, we don't know who Louisville is right now. This is a chance for them to prove that. UK, they've had questions about effort. They've got questions about the freshmen, like Haven brought up. You know, this is a chance for both teams to really prove themselves on a national stage because, you know, they've got what? I don't even know how many credentials for this game. I mean, there are a ton of people from the national, you know, stage that care about this game.
1: If you uh, come out to see us at the Wildcat Warehouse, they have 60% off t shirts and sweatshirts. It's their holiday sale. Come out and see us, ask us a question, get involved with the show. Call us on the Oxmoor Ford Lincoln Buzz Line, 502 384 1450. It's not just important to these two teams, I think it's also important to a couple of these individual players. You've got a lot of guys whose draft stock could, could hinge on their performance in this game. And I, th- and it, you tell tell me whose draft stock is dropping more right now, Montrez Harrells or Andrew
2: Harrison? Andrew Harrison. Andrew Harrison,
3: <laughs> without question. Andrew no, without
2: Harrison. I still think that Andrew. Harrison, I think Aaron's is rising rapidly. I think Montrez is just consistent, stable. No, Montrez
1: was. Montrez has dropped completely out of the lottery, and he's like towards the back end of the first. Because I think
2: that play. was just a way, That's just an overshoot from the get-go to put him in the lottery in the first place. But I think Andrews is plummeting. I think, I think Andrews is already at
3: such a high standard anyway. He had more room to fall. Montrez was more, like you said, he wasn't, you know, automatically a top ten player in the country. I, I don't. Think I still think if you're
1: an NBA guy, you draft Andrew Harrison before you draft Montrez Harrell, even though they're not in the same position. Mainly because a tall point guard at the at the next level is very important, even though his quickness could be an issue. Montrez is showing that now that he's getting game plan for now that he. Is, is he's shown that he's not a great defender he's not a great rebounder and he can really only score within three feet of the basket
3: well i mean has andrew shown that he is a great defender this year
1: no no but there's intangibles you're talking about well, an that's undersized why the NBA drafts off
3: potential right I mean, there's no question about that but with the, the worst as far as performance ever.
1: i love watching the nba draft it's
2: horrible <laughs> it's horrendous it's two rounds the nfl goes on for days upon weeks upon months NBA draft, quick hitter. No, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm, I'm going to do a quick diversion here to drafts. While the NFL draft
4: is far superior to Go the Go ahead, draft, shoot. Number one. Yeah. In, in the NFL draft, they would actually criticize a team for taking a bad player. NBA draft, no matter how bad this dude may be, he's still like the greatest basketball player you could draft. I don't know. Jay boy. Billis will open up his mouth and tell me what Number two. Thinks. That's number one. Number two, the NBA drafts guys that you never hear of. Well, that's true, definitely. All those and, international, international guys. Well, so does that, the international guys. And, and, and it's, the international guys. Like, it's like international players, players like Biznak Biombo, that you never hear from who gets drafted in the first round and is never to be seen from again. But that The problem with that NBA draft there, and this is a whole different topic,
1: is that the NBA draft is broken because it protects the foreign player versus the American player. You know, you're not going to take Perry Stevenson in the first round because you've got to pay him for three years when you can take foreign guy over here who's way worse than Perry Stevenson because – he can stay over in Europe, and we'll never have to pay him at all if he doesn't come over. decision. That's that's a problem yeah. with the NBA draft. But don't get me wrong; I can't even tell you who the offensive lineman from Central Michigan who got picked overall <laughs> number one last year for the NFL draft is. So you can't tell me that there's guys that I've never heard of getting picked
4: in the NFL draft. There's so you many. Watch the NFL Combine, you would know. <laughs> well, I don't. If you watch the NBA Combine, you'd probably. Know. Man, the NBA Combine takes place in the high school gym at, at best. <sighs>
1: There's no, there's no way that you – there's so many – the NFL doesn't even right, – there's so many mid-major guys that are getting picked up in the NFL draft okay. that are making impacts. Tony Romo? You don't know who these guys Here's are. It's
3: just my- such a spectacle with the NFL draft. You know They've stretched it out to the three days now, and they've made it into an absolute you know, marquee TV. event.
2: You cannot replace a Rasha Nesterovich. <laughs> That's my <laughs> bottom line. But let's, let's talk about all these guys, though, that
1: have draft implications in this game. Louisville. You got Montrez who's fighting to stay in the first round. You got Shane who's Shane fighting to Shane. even get picked at all because he's not coming back next year and he, he has he's not getting drafted. I think Shane
3: drafted. is done with he's, the college scene. At I this think
1: point. he's Patino's basically said he's done with him. I mean, yeah. this is it. He's not coming back.
3: You know, if Patino wants to say that though, then why is he not actually done with him? Why is he still on the team? Because he
4: absolutely has to have
3: him. So right he gets rebounds. The he gets offensive rebounds. You know, it's just like he doesn't
4: need him next year. You know, it's, it's like Russ Smith. Patino's tried to kick Russ Smith off the team for like three straight years. I mean, at least three times I could think of he's tried to kick Russ Smith off the team because Russ didn't want to play the offense. Russ wanted to do what Russ wanted to do when he got
2: the ball. But he needed Russ. Patino loves Russ. He loves now him. Now he yeah. does. But they, that was on court. That was more like butting heads it was between butting heads. a really good player and, and then it's like just who's got the power in the relationship. But Hannah's just a knucklehead. Very much so. He's a There's moron. a difference
3: between causing problems on the court and not wanting to run the offense, and then doing what Shane Behanan has, you know, been rumored to do, and having all kinds of off the court issues. That you know, you say, oh, he'll have to work his way back on the onto the team, and then you know, two days later, he's back with no consequences. He had a bedtime. Was that the consequence? He went <laughs> to bed at out. 10 p.m. or whatever. the
1: timeout. <laughs> They're Hey, uh, but he made that bedtime for 30 <laughs> straight days, even though it was only like 23 days between the announcement and when he was green. Did he
3: eat his vegetables? Did he Something eat his broccoli like too? I mean, that's that's now, what I think was of.
4: Was anybody ever
2: surprised that Shane Behenna gonna be back within no, like no, no days? that's no, I was
4: thing. Not I was surprised he came back that quick. Really, you were? I wasn't.
2: I thought it'd be closer to the actual game, the actual UK U game, that he'd so, be back. It's so my
4: thing You see, I like I don't listen to anything Rick Pitino says at all. <laughs> Literally nothing. As soon as he comes out only thing I listen to, Rick Pitino says, when he breaks down how his team did. And He's good at that. After the, in a, a post-game interview, when he breaks down the teams, that's what I listen to. When it comes to players and— When there's no real stands, agenda. Going, he yeah, never
3: even—I don't think he even believes half the stuff that comes out of his mouth. You know, I think at the moment, he's really ticked off at his player, and he's like, yeah, I'm, I never want him on the team again. And then, you know, the next day, it's like, well, you know, we actually kind of need this guy on the team. I, th- I think I'll change my mind.
2: Rick Pitino is a house of mirrors is what he is. That's that's my assessment of Rick Pitino. It's a it, house of mirrors. Rick Pitino
4: and John Calipari, I, I think that's why they don't like each other. Because they're very similar. They are very similar.
1: <laughs> very, There's are very no similar, similar
2: traits. Um, I think they're, very, they're very similar They're very similar. I think they're very similar I think they're very different in a lot of ways, too.
1: You can't see Calipari becoming Patino in 10 years?
2: No. Yeah. No. No, he's established. Define Calipari's what you consistent. mean. How does how he become is consistent. Patino? Calipari is Calipari... Calipari is about his players and about his team. I think Rick Pitino is always out. For you don't think suits Pitino? The best. Pitino is
1: out? All right, but go back to Pitino yeah. when he was with those '96 guys and stuff right. like that, and he had all those guys getting drafted. It's not much different. He was about those guys. He was selling the same okay. thing to okay. those guys. That's
2: fair. Let me get, let me give you this though. I think Calipari observed Rick petito's regime. During the 90s, it will not recreate any of the issues. He won't leave. He won't take that Celtic. I think offer. the
1: only difference is that Patino got handed the keys to Camelot at an earlier age than Cal Perry did. That's pretty much. So there might be a little bit of a delay, but they're they're yeah, basically Cal done an NBA. They're pretty much the same person. The char- the charisma that Patino had in the 90s, and you guys actually wasn't even born until like 93. So <laughs> I remember, you all don't. Re-
2: I, I, I remember a little bit. I was you all 90. remember
1: the day that he took the freaking job.
2: No, of, I, no, I was
1: born in 90. So You missed it. And the charisma he came with is the same charisma that Cal came Cal's with. Cal's
2: got more personality. Cal is way more colorful. The, I'm back, the then, same, though, the, Haven,
1: back then, though, was. Back then, they are the
4: same guy.
1: Did Patino have the same charisma that Cal yeah, does? The, the, the only sense. difference
4: is there's no social media back then. Yeah. I, I mean, think they, they were the same guy. The only difference is Patino went to the M- NBA. His system won't work in the NBA because NBA players. He worked at the Knicks. The, I mean, he, yeah, he did good Knicks. with the Knicks. Let's yeah. not. So he came back to college. He came back when he came back to UVA. He was a much more mellow coach than he was when he was at Kentucky, because that age does that to you. Age and experience does that to you. And 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 to be honest with you, until Calipari came to UK, Patino was in cruise control. And not only that, let's even make that comparison even a little further. Patino revolutionized
1: college basketball the way Calipari is kind of doing the same thing now. So the main issues with Patino was that he had to reinvent himself. And I don't know if Cal is going to have to go through that reinvent part of his life or not, or if he's just going to call it.
3: That's the thing. I think that Calipari has found his niche. I think he's found where he can be absolutely successful is the college game. You know, he's a player's first university. He can get these guys to the draft and revolutionize basketball, like you said. And then he's the great marketer and everything. Stuff like that isn't really as important when you go to the NBA. So I do think that Calipari, you know, he did see that kind of Patino – he couldn't succeed in the nba and he saw that and he wants to continue to revolutionize i mean college basketball i think he can do well
1: i can go to that a little bit further i think that we're seeing right now with brad stevens at boston who's you know they're they're not great but they're probably better than what people thought they were gonna be Mm -hmm. you don't want to have the big personality in the nba i think that hurts you
2: i was gonna say that cal i think is 12 to 15 times more personable than Patino. I think Patino had the charisma, but he was aloof at the same time. Cal signs every basketball. Cal does. Dude, this is where you all, Haiti. being young,
1: don't understand.
2: Yeah. Patino's I mean, camp the, he did back the then, that was the exact thing. same thing. You go to
1: Patino's camp. What about the fundraising?
2: Your, what about the charity fundraising? All that stuff. He did, it was, it, it was, the was the
1: same stuff.
2: Is, the amount, The inc- no, it cannot be the same amount. The amount
1: I'm, I'm not you. saying the amount is the same, but I think that has more to do with social media today and how he can get his That's message fair. out That's fair. than Patino did. Patino, when he came here, was charisma, shaking hands, kissing babies. And that's just where like you all not to you know say that I'm this old man that just remembers. Me, <laughs> no, it's a fair point. It was such a dark time coming out of those Eddie Sutton Eddie days. Sutton. And Patino took over in the middle of it. I mean, he kind of was like Papa Brooks had to do. He with resurrected
2: it. He resurrected the tradition. And
1: he had to come with that charisma to make it happen. I mean, they they played with such a swagger. And Haven would back that up because Louisville was kind of very jealous at that point yeah i mean they were okay but they weren't they weren't great and uh that i think that's the biggest difference at all is you never had these two teams at the same level like this
4: and
3: back to back national champions i mean that's when has that ever happened before that's that's an awesome moment for the awesome for the moment. state too yeah I mean, people once again are reminded that you know college basketball is kentucky
1: all right, we're done with the first hour. Pretty entertaining talk right there. I'd go with that. Very entertaining. We want you to join the discussion on the other side, 502 384 on the Oxmoor Ford Lincoln Buzz Line. And we will be right back for the second of three hours of pregame coverage here on the weekend sports buzz slash Kentucky Heartbeat.
0: You're listening to the Weekend Sports Buzz. Tell us your thoughts on the Oxmoor-Fort Lincoln Buzz Line at 384-1450. Welcome back, sports fans. Hour two of the Weekend Sports
1: Buzz. Different time slot for me in Haven today. This is Mike Gandolfo. And we are we are pleased to have as a special guest the guys from Kentucky Heartbeat who are coming back on the air.
2: Is that right, John Martin? It feels great to be back. Reunion tour. We got the revenge tour with the cats, for the reunion tour. And uh, thanks for having us on, Mike. Always a pleasure.
1: No, it's great to have you guys. and You know, speaking the truth about Kentucky knowledge, I gotta, I gotta try to educate Haven as much as I can. You know, but uh, <laughs> and actually, I'm very, we're very like for a U of fan, Haven's pretty. Subjective. I like
2: Haven. I, he's very
1: uh I
4: I'm also a Calipari fan, so. I'll be forced first, to first admit it. I, I'm a U of fan, but I, I love John Calipari. I really do.
1: We are on remote for this special show, pre-gaming the cats and the cards starting at 4 o'clock. We are at the Wildcat Warehouse in Lexington, Kentucky, Fayette Mall. 60% off T-shirts and sweatshirts if you want to come by and get your swag on for the game.
2: What Which alludes to we're going to shoot 60% from the field overall tonight at 4 p.m. How about that? I
1: like just 60% from the line. I don't <laughs> know So, and uh, right now we're joined by former Wildcat great, Perry Stevenson. Perry, how's it going?
6: It's going well. It's going well. You can use going well. Can you hear me now? I got you now. Good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's going well. I'm just hanging out
1: today. All right. So, Perry, <laughs> you know, you've lived this week, and, and I, I was a trainer at Louisville, too, so I've kind of lived this week a little bit, too. Like, people don't realize, and I don't, actually, I don't think these teams did it this year, but, like, when I was at UofL, uh, we practiced twice on Christmas Day to get ready for this ball game. Take us through what it's like this week. Even you know, being off school, you you all can practice as much as you want, right? Yep. So That's, I mean, what were the workouts
6: like? That could be the worst time of the year under you know who, but under uh, <laughs> he who must he should not be spoken. named. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah. like it. it. It was a terrible time. I mean, he had us ready, so we really couldn't complain about it. But we called Voldaclide. It, it was a bad time. <laughs> but Cal does a, a big bad time. Good job of the empire. I think they'll be ready. They're, this break'll have nothing. Hopefully, it won't have anything to do with their performance.
1: Cause you got like it's almost like a mini training camp in some ways. You don't have that many games, but you got tons of times in the gym. So it's almost like going through uh, the bye week in the in college football. It's probably the
6: the best uh, uh, comparison. I guess, I guess that's what you can what you can call it. Cause it's good to have a game so close to Christmas Day. Like after that break, we had a, a couple of days refocus you. Yeah, versus playing on the fourth or the fifth of january then you're probably screwed so when you played <laughs> your when, legs are at least when you played, were all your games after christmas
1: you had the one before or the, didn't y'all have one on december 18th or something like
6: that uh i think the closest was probably the 18th yeah such a long time ago now that your, last two years, your last two years perry
2: your last two years perry junior? came in with a
1: cane and oh, <laughs> he's an old man i needed it
2: well after january though weren't they their yeah. junior year, in they free were later, football. yeah, and then uh, the Demarcus Elbow game. That's was, uh, right. Mm-hmm. They were After all right around New
1: Year's there for a while. So, all right. So you come back from Christmas break, you hit the gym. Mm-hmm. Your next opponent is the Louisville Cardinals. Is there just a, is there a bigger, is there a different sense in the gym when you're there? there Is it pretty much you know business as always?
6: Oh no, it's business as always. It, you kind of have to approach it the same way every game and. And Cal said it best, it's only a big game if you win. So you approach it the same way. Don't put any more emphasis on it than you would a game two in the season. So the players don't really go
1: into this game feeling any different than they do, uh, you know, Belmont?
6: No, this is mostly for the fans, actually. Yeah. It's just another game for us. I mean, we we know the history. We've heard about it. Can't help but to hear about it living here. But you got to approach it the same way.
1: So from that standpoint, I mean, when you talk about They want to make a big deal about these freshmen not having the experience of playing in a Louisville Kentucky game. Doesn't sound like it's really that big of a deal.
2: That's an equalizer. You know, I mean, is that true? Equalizer. Oh, for
6: sure.
1: I mean, what was the different, was there a different meaning for this game as you, when you were a freshman, as opposed to a senior?
6: Oh, definitely. Because you get to, you get to play in that game and you know, you figure out what type of, what type of guys these are. Like for me, I wasn't a big fan of Louisville because of the guys I played against. Sosa, Clark, uh, Terrence Williams. I wasn't a big fan of those guys. It, no? No. You all were at all. hanging out afterwards? No. hit the clubs? We definitely were not. <laughs> it's just certain people have, I guess, different reasons to hate the school down the road. And that was just one of mine. I just didn't like the players. Like, you don't seem like a good guy. But... People have different personas on the court. And then, to be fair, they probably felt the same way about you guys? Exactly.
1: Okay. I mean, it's not like, you know, Perry's Perry out here talking about how awful those little guys were. No. Okay. <laughs> uh, you played in some of the more infamous UK L games. Mm-hmm. The Edgar Sosa last second shot over Michael Porter, which you said yeah. you, you actually hit a three pointer in that game.
6: Yeah. I knew they were in for something. Yeah. If I can make, if I'm making shots other than layups and dunks, then yeah. You, you're gonna have some issues this game (laughs) perry was that three late it was that second half like
2: with the charge this because you all were down late Mm -hmm. and you all stormed back just to tie that game at 71 was that three like the first shot of that charge or was it late in the second half do you remember i just remember it being late in the second half okay i remember you splashing it from the top of the key
1: i it was late in the second half i remember that too and but I just I can't remember exactly where it was. You were also a senior in the first year for Coach Cal, mm-hmm. and you know we had the semi wrestling match. You know, first four minutes of that ball game. What was that? What was the atmosphere like in there? It, it seemed like the tension in that in that game it was so thick. Is that mm-hmm. the way it was?
6: Oh yeah. Other than my freshman year. My senior year was the most confident I've ever felt going in the Louisville game. Like I know you guys cannot beat us today, and it's not going to happen. Edgar Sosa disagreed. Yeah, of course. My senior year was because of uh, Jay Wall and Bledsoe and Demarcus. Those guys were something else to deal with. Freshman year was Randolph and Joe and Ramel. Like those guys were letting us lose. Right? Well, was Rondo thought, in that group? No, my guy. freshman year. No, I thought Rondo came with those he was a guys. year, I think he was a year
2: ahead of those guys. Year, okay,
1: mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: But yeah, he came with those guys that he left after okay. sophomore.
1: Okay. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So, the um, what was it like with those? What was the difference? You know, from those Gillespie teams. You know, I was at that last Gillespie game with Notre Dame. Then you all of a sudden transform, and now you have all these pseudo rock stars around you. What was it how did the, just the dynamics of the team change that and, and to be fair, you and the Alaskan assassin, Ramon Harris, mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean to be <laughs> as good of teammates as you guys were and embrace that whole situation was pretty pretty special.
6: Oh yeah, for sure. I mean I was lucky to be with a guy like Ramon to have, to have gone through all that stuff. He's a really good teammate like he'll do anything anything for the team. And so did, so did Mark Krebs. He was the other guy that had all three coaches. They would just do anything for the team. And I think that's why we survived through the whole four years. So well,
1: I mean, well, there was just a, a totally different buzz, though, with Wall and Cousins and all those guys okay. stopped on, oh, stepped yeah. on.
6: And it, it was different for us because we got to see what it was like in practice. Those guys made business from the first day they stepped in the gym until the season was over with. They took, what, a week or so break. And I don't even think it was that long. And then started preparing again. They were just professionals the entire time. And they wanted to win and they approached the game that way. And that's why we won a lot of games. And
1: uh, was, was DeMarcus a problem?
6: Not for Cal. Cal <laughs> just said, I'm not going to play you. Yeah. We, we had other big guys on the bench. Like, he's just said, I'm not, not going to play you if you're going to act this way. And he didn't. Yeah.
1: So, like, you know, I, I feel like Demarcus gets a bad rap from the beginning of that game. I feel like that was it's completely an unfair instigated. It's Yeah. By by the Louisville side. It seemed to me like Louisville came out in that game and was intentionally trying to junk it up and trying to get under the all skin and seeing if they can get someone to explode.
6: I wish they would have told me that before, before the game because I would have told them that's a bad idea. Yeah. He'll, he'll play fair during the game if you want to meet him in the back and go fight it out that way. I'm sure DeMarcus would have took part in that after we won the game the right way. And that just wasn't a, a very good idea on the Cardinals' part. Because, Haven, I mean, <laughs> DeMarcus
1: Cousins is probably one of the least liked Kentucky basketball players out there. Is that true?
6: have to imagine. I don't know.
1: No? Did you, What was your feeling about DeMarcus Cousins back then?
2: Um, I thought DeMarcus
4: like, really talented. Um, He's killing it right now, by the way. He is destroying. Last night he was awesome. He's, he's gonna be an Oh he might be the best big man in the league. Yeah, I, I thought he was a tremendous big man. That just needed just he needed Cal Perry. Perry. He needed yeah. coaching. No, he he didn't need Cal Perry. He needed Cal Perry because Cal Perry is one of the only. I mean, even the NBA, he's like the only coach that can be like straighten up, straighten up, and he straightens up.
2: Perry, tell uh, Cal's strategy with Demarcus about pouting or. What,
6: what was Cal's uh, go-to tagline? What did he say? I'll call Jay-Z on you. <laughs> oh, my God. He, he would just instantly go to sarcasm like that, just like that. It's like, oh, you're mad. Well, I'm mad, too. And he would mock DeMarcus for the next 10, 15 seconds. And his pout. And- yeah, and DeMarcus didn't want to be made fun of, so the very next play, he went out and took over practice. <laughs> like, either you be the best player on the floor or everybody's going to laugh at you. And DeMarcus does not like being laughed at. I can tell you that much. <laughs> they, I just can't imagine the battles that happened. And, you know, and I
1: think as a Kentucky fan right now, we see these young guys who are kind of struggling to come together as a team, but we can see that the potential is there. That it's, you know, it's, if something clicks, and even after that Belmont game, uh, the second half of that Belmont game kind of led us to believe that. They had a really good week this week. It could click sooner than later. But we were so spoiled with that John Wall, Marcus Cousin, Eric Bledsoe group, and the Anthony Davis, Michael K. Gilker's group, who came
6: in with that business mindset and, and seemed to be mature, more mature above their years. Yep, not freshmen at all. From the moment they stepped on campus, no freshmen. They approached everything like they were four-year starters, and it showed on the floor. And that sets the tone because I think that's what this team right now needs –
1: someone to show them how to approach practice and how to approach and, their day-to-day. And that's
4: what they – I think that's what Kentucky had the year they won a national championship. Well, Gil- Gilgars for sure. It's, it's, it's that you had – well, it's not only that, but you had elder statesmen on the team. <laughs> with Darius. With Darius and those guys that have kind of been there before and when things kind of get kind of shaky and they made a hustle was there, you had the older guys come and come on, step it up. Well you talk about this, though, because Darius is not
6: a natural leader, though. No, he's, he's more of a – By example – yeah, he, he leads definitely by example. Like, he won't say anything unless it needs to be said. Like, he won't go out of his way, but he'll do the right things all the
1: time. I think that's too much is made out of that situation because I don't think Darius was the guy who was going to, like, pull people. Oh, from-
4: I, 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 I think it was example. MKG. But I, I think it was, like, some having the older guys on the team kind of helped stabilize because a lot of times when UK was going through those rough patches, it was the juniors and seniors who stepped up. It was knocking down the big threes. They kind of got him over the hump to where the natural talent, you know, for that, that point to go, especially with Teague, you know, being a point guard. Because he, he went part through of the a season, lot of rough patches. He was yeah. a horrendous point guard for like the first. Easy on the horrendous, but yeah. He, yeah, he, was, he, a, was, he, was, he was a bad point guard <laughs> yeah. for like the first three months of the season. And it wasn't until like literally almost until the tournament time as he really start, started to find his, mm-hmm. his groove. Well, then, no doubt because then they they needed Deron Lamb to help. Uh, with that, you know,
1: handling the ball, and even Darius handled the ball a little yeah. bit up there. So,
4: and that's where the upper class leadership came through, right?
1: Because they can step in for the point
4: guard. But and that's, I think, that's what this team's going to. In especially when tournament time kicks in, that's what this team's going to miss a lot. It's see, not happening. even happen.
1: before they get to the that point. Man. Even before they get to that point, they need the guy who is showing them how to approach the day to day, how you approach practice, how you approach film preparation. That's, I think, that's pothierous. It's he's not, not that guy, though. It's not, it's not him. That's not, not that that's, guy.
2: He's, that's not his. That's not him. Mentality. But that's that's Kentucky's problem. He could problem. be. It's
1: probably if anybody, it's Polson.
4: It may, it may have been. Yeah. Actually,
1: maybe They didn't. If he
2: didn't leave.
4: No, I don't. I don't. You know, I, don't not, no,
1: that, I mean, I think it could be. I think it's Polson, and you know, Hood's been. Uh, he's had he's that concussion issue, years. and yeah,
6: and he's so he's older. He's than Perry i got a lot of respect for Poulsen. Like, if there's anybody I have to have on, like, a pickup basketball team, it's MKG and Jared Poulsen. Really? Those two. I have to have those two. And where's, what's, that, what's that grounded for? I mean, I, I, I do, too. I,
1: I remember watching Jared his senior year in the state tournament, and I'm looking at this kid, and I'm saying, man, this guy would be an incredible Division two basketball player, and he's crafty and can shoot. And I was like, he just isn't all that athletic. And then all of a sudden, or a, 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 a rebound came off, and he goes up with his off hand and almost threw down this monster throwback dunk. It's like, okay, maybe he's a little bit more athletic than I thought. Because yeah. he is. He's a little sneaky. He's sneaky athletic. Yeah. And he does a great job in One Direction and all that other stuff. He looks like a little.
6: <laughs> 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 he, really he moonlights. So he
2: moonlights. <laughs>
6: yeah. He's versatile.
2: Man.
1: But uh, I, I just, I, I, I could see that. But what, what, what as a teammate did you really appreciate about Jared Polson?
6: I only got to see it from the outside. Yeah. Uh, when I watched practice, the way he approached Like he had, he's not, he's not going to be the number one pick in the draft. But the way he approached the practice, John Wall did it the same exact way. Eric Bledsoe did it the same exact way. And I'm sure Brandon Knight did it the same way. Just the way they approached practice, they did everything the correct way, the way Cal wanted to do it. And it happened. That's why he's from little Nicholasville, Kentucky, and he's on such a big stage and he's actually getting to play. Last question before we go to break: Does this game mean more to the guys on the team from Kentucky, and
1: does that make a difference having those guys around? I bet it does. Yeah,
6: they they know what this rivalry is. They grew up. in But to you, it was now. just
1: like you know, coming from uh, where'd you come from? I can't remember Louisiana. Louisiana. Yeah. yeah. So. It's
6: just well, it's just another game, but of course you have it in the back of your head that our fan base is not like those guys. Yeah. A little, a little more than say, uh, Carolina. Right. All right, well, we're going to take a break, and we will be right back
1: on the Weekend Sports Buzz.
0: You're listening to the Weekend Sports Buzz. Tell us your thoughts on the Oxmoor-Fort Lincoln Buzz line at 384-1450. All right,
1: Mike Adolfo, Haven Harrington, Beacon Sports Buzz, joined by the Kentucky Harpy guys who will follow us immediately at this hour for a, a solid hour of um, power. Love, of love songs to Louisville, I'm sure. Less to, uh, just a <laughs> lot Sonnets. of niceties. That's right, this is the year of the Cardinal.
2: Oh, the greatest. The year of the Cardinal, Haven. The,
4: the greatest season ever in NCAA history. The 38th
2: greatest season, apparently. They did uh, Mark's story, The Lesson Heritage. Which leader, is a thousand times and, what the UK would ever do. The ranking, uh, the uh, official uh, ranking hold on, hold on, for on, Athletics Department success for the year of the Cardinal, 38th nationally. Kentucky's 25th within an NIT season. Overall athletics. I'm going put it like this way. Is this the uh, capital? It was count? a nice
4: year. I'm, I'm up to like this. Kentucky fans, call you know, me. Call me after you guys. The Sugar Bowl
1: didn't count for anything. With, <laughs> That's why. The BCS
4: Bowl game. Call me. After you make it to the College World Series, any women make it to the, the Final Four twice. you won one title out
2: of that bunch, though. So Doesn't matter. You play to win the game. Doesn't matter. Right? You play <laughs> to win the game.
4: And we did something Kentucky football hasn't done in a 1,000 years, which is beat the snot out of Florida. Actually, we beat the tar. We made Stu Gumbo out of Florida Gators. <laughs> wow. uh, I watched Emmett Smith cry on the sidelines. After we just smacked the forty I, I games, I have
1: to admit I literally cons- I considered moving after that. So <laughs> I, I really thought that I was going to be here. So, uh, but the you know you're right though the Leaderfield Sports Directors Cup, a measure of the overall strength of the athletics department, saw Louisville finish 38th and Kentucky
4: 25th. Per March, now it's all a story, you,
1: but you can't listen.
4: Let's let's be real. Though. It's all about the Sugar
2: Bowl. Victory. We're
1: Kentucky fans, and I would have traded. I mean, to have a year like what Louisville
2: had was pretty freaking phenomenal i mean i that would have been a lot of fun to go through touche it was a great season there's no doubt okay we give a we'll recognize we'll recognize or respect it but it ends today it ends today
1: when we listen if uh and unfortunately none of these guys played in that game but (laughs) it will not be russ arena tonight okay i cannot handle that again that was so disrespectful back, you know, when that came out two years ago. It's not like Stephen A. Smith. So disrespectful. <laughs> I go through with my, like, Saturday Night Live impersonation of but, Russ Smith. <laughs> me and Russ Smith are real close personal friends. <laughs> I love Russ Smith. I'm the godfather to his three children. I don't know if Russ has three children, so please tell him to me. Shane Bann ride. Well, we're going to stop there. Yes. Okay. <laughs> right. Anyway. Uh, but we're getting to this Game tonight, and, and Perry brought up some really good insights. I thought last, you know, on how the players approach this game. And mm-hmm. uh, I don't think that I think it might be different. Loyals, I think that this does mean something to some of the loyal guys. I think Russ Smith, it does mean something too, and it probably doesn't mean as much to the Kentucky guys. But someone like Dominic Hawkins, who's from the state,
4: you know, I'm sure gonna have an Hawkins, it's gonna but matter. The rest of freshmen, I'm sure they're like, it's eh. just a game, it's just a game
3: that might play in their favor, though. You know, this is just another game, let's prepare for it like we Unless would anybody the team's else. playing
4: harder because. They've been there before. Well, in and they some ways, it's a little bit more, especially for Russ, because Russ. I mean, Russ loved the college game. This is,
3: yeah, this yeah. is his
1: thing. Russ gave up his only tra- chance to get drafted, and came back for for the college experience because he has no chance, I, I think, of getting drafted. And if he does, it's it's so late in the second late round. second. Be but late you know, second. in some ways, it's probably That's better to thing. not get drafted mm-hmm. than it is to go in the second round. So. I mean
4: it's uh what last we, year was his year to go. Well the great thing about college basketball, you can always play in Europe and you can have a very successful There's money. Years. There's money in Europe. There's, and there's a lot of money in Europe. So, you know, unlike football where if you're not drafted
2: and you don't get picked up. Hey Brian Brown's in the CFL.
4: He's a he is a backup in the CFL. the USFL, is or That
2: is your all's Golden Boy. That was I thought he was a sure fire. I mean he was a backup for the Packers now, for a while. It's kinda of, kind funny. Look now. where he's at. That uh,
1: people talk about the comparisons between him and Teddy Bridgewater and Teddy Bridgewater should come back. All of a sudden, Brian Brom was real flawed. He, he was had obvious yes. flaws in his game in Louisville. Yeah. Back then, I thought he, you know, hung the moon. Yeah. So that
3: whole Brom family hung the moon.
1: Yeah, but you know, we'll uh, and Greg Brom, to be fair, does the you know, the TV show for the weekend sports yeah. bus. So oh, he's a classic. <laughs> I mean, Brom, classic Brom was classic a great guy.
4: college quarterback. I mean, he was he was a great college quarterback. I'm he saying, was a good college quarterback. But as soon as Andre Woodson was a great He was on college the color, cover of Sports Illustrated in high school. Yeah. Brian Brown was. Had one of the greatest high school games ever. Him and Michael Bush. Was he number one
2: overall in the entire country? No. Number all. No, it was like four. I think it was a uh, fourth quarterback. He wasn't the number one overall. Okay. I mean he was he was a solid he was solid. a parade all American though. Oh yes. yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean he came from great pedigree. His brother was in the NFL and his dad's been coaching quarterbacks forever. So I don't know why we're talking about Brian Brahm because we, <laughs> have, a yeah, like game we today. have a basketball we do have a basketball game today and that's going to take center stage. And uh right now just to update just one last football thing. Notre Dame and Rutgers tied at 13 uh, with Rutgers having the ball marching down the field. Not a good thing. Actually, Rutgers just missed, Rutgers just missed a field goal. Notre Dame's getting the ball back. So, uh, but Kentucky, Louisville, today, let's well, talk. Let's start comparisoning these guys right now. Kentucky's got the advantage in the front court. Louisville's got the advantage in the back court. I don't think anybody's disagreeing with that. But we need to talk about, like, you know, what's the significance of those things?
2: Well, um, Depends on how we utilize our advantage and if you know I feel I'm expecting Patino to throw out some really like hybrid defensive schemes to he's not going to stick in one set and I look for him to like adapt and adjust as the game goes on so my biggest key for the game is are we setting the tempo are we setting how this game is going to be played do we come out but what is that tempo. Because that's what I've been
1: trying to think through. Like, what tempo do they really want to play at? I don't know. Do they want to run with Louisville? I, I think, I think
2: we want to run because we're, I think we're deeper. Louisville does have depth, but I think we can go all the way down to the, the bench. No, see, all the way down to Dominic see, I, Hawkins. See, I, I,
4: I, I disagree. See, Louisville I think,
2: is a deeper, a much deeper team than Kentucky. No, more productive. Okay, Louisville has depth, but – in terms of you're getting scoring efficiency. In, in, no, if we're getting you are getting buckets. and
4: Even production-wise,
1: Louisville, I think, has a deeper bench. I have to say right now, I think Louisville's deeper than Kentucky, too.
2: Because
1: you can put
4: Wayne Blackshaw the problem The problem is the, de- um, the
1: depth is at the – for Louisville, the depth's in the backcourt. Yeah. Kentucky has no depth in the backcourt. And for Kentucky, the depth's in the frontcourt, which Louisville doesn't have any depth in the frontcourt. So, I mean, it could be the same argument. You know, the depth is at the positions where they're strongest. But Louisville's guard depth is better than Kentucky's frontcourt depth.
2: You think so? Yes, and I'm—I I'm mean, that's—that's coming from a guy who's obviously to see, Marcus Lee has been sidelined, uh, the flu, <laughs> back, back issues the past few weeks. So he's been a phantom. Interesting. To, it'll be interesting to see if he comes back and can provide. He's an energy guy, and in this game, it's all about passion. It's all about emotion. It's all about energy. I think this is a game he could come in and get. Maybe six to eight points, pulling four or five rebounds. Well, the, if you
3: want to talk about front court advantage, I mean, where's Dakari Johnson been? You know, know this is a game that out. he could step up.
1: And this and hopefully it's not too quick for him. I mean, but then again, when we talk about death, Louisville's the, the most outstanding player for the final four is coming off the bench in like the seventh or eighth
4: spot. He's shooting uh what
1: like twenty-five, twenty-five
2: really well. percent from three. Yeah, he's,
4: he's not shooting that well, but he's come back from injury. He's a big game player. He always he shows up in on a big stage like Shane. Shane doesn't Shane's do coming too off well. the bench. Yeah. I mean, that's another. You got guys. I mean, I mean, Louisville has proven depth and proven production coming off the bench, where Kentucky has question marks coming off the bench. You don't know what you're going to get with Lee, Dakari. You just don't you just know what you, you have no idea what you're going to get once these guys come in the game. With Louisville, you have a pretty good idea what these guys can and can't do and what you will get. So it's a different types of depth you can depend on. A depth you can easily plug in and move around with Kentucky. You just have to hope that the car can come off the bench and do something that you may not have seen him do all, all year long.
2: I'll agree with that point that it's dependable depth versus, you know, a high ceiling. Well,
1: Louisville's got nine guys who are averaging over ten points a game or ten minutes a game. Kentucky's only got seven.
2: And Cal likes Cal likes that seven that seven man lineup. Um he likes that rotating, revolving door, seven players. Um I think he's all the way go all the way back to Memphis and UMass. He's always like you know seven to eight
3: well and i Cap think it's it. definitely fair to say that you don't really know what you're gonna get I, cal said before he expects what seven players to get at least 25 points in a game this year i think it was 25 points um on one side of that you don't know who can go off on one night but then on the other side of that you know one of those guys can score you know two points i don't
1: think he'd say seven right now i think he'd probably say six, i think seven.
3: that yeah you're exactly right you don't know you you obviously know the pure talent that they have But have they been able to produce at that level? You know, Dakari Johnson has been pretty disappointing this year for one, I think.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, I don't know if he's disappointing. And, again, this is – he's a freshman. He's a – not only that, but, like, this is where you come from my perspective of, like, actually going out and seeing these kids play in high school basketball and the other people just have to depend on what they read. Dakari was a project. If anybody saw him in high school, he was a project, okay? He – he could be somebody a lot smaller than him down low in the post with just raw athleticism and strength. Skill-wise and footwork-wise, he was always a project. And, uh, you know, I, I never even considered him being a one-and-done guy, and I still don't think he oh, is. Oh, no, no. And, uh, you know, because that came up on our show yesterday. It's like, Dakari's still one-and-done. I was like, no, he's slowly well, back. Who said is a one-and-done in the first <laughs> place? You know, and, I, and you're going to see that um, – It's gonna be real interesting to see who on this Kentucky team does come back.
4: See, I think Dakari is Cal prepping for the future. Mm -hmm. So 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 he can have that experience And hopefully you know for 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 future teams. Because like I said before, I think that's I think that's what's gonna hurt this year's team come tournament time, is that when the chips get down, they're not gonna have that senior leadership they can pull them through and take them to that next level. Which is going to be real interesting to me because if, if a handful of these guys stick around, next year's
1: bunch, Trey Lyles is probably a one-and-done. That's probably the only one because I think Carl Towns is at least a two-year guy. I love Devin well, Booker. Devin Booker and, Devin Booker Have you seen De- Devin and Tyler Ullis are four-year guys. Tyler Ullis, he is fearless. Yeah, but they're four-year guys. I mean, they're four-year. That's, next year's college, next year's class is not full of these one-and-done guys. It's these guys that are not traditional NBA bodies that are good basketball players. And this is like this. If you're going to build a team for the future, make sure it's the year to do it. Well,
3: and you've got to think. I mean, does Alex Boitras come back next year? If he uh, I think absolutely.
1: To- absolutely. He should come back. He should come back. I mean, he's looking like he's a three He's or still four not ready. He's, he's still
4: learning
2: a if, lot. If he's getting shut down at, at the college level and he's having games where he disappears and he's getting just completely stymied, What's going to happen in the NBA? Is he going to be floating around the D League for the Sioux Falls storm? Pretty much. Pretty much. That's exactly, it, exactly I would have to guess. Yeah.
3: I mean, so, I mean he, you've got to just... think now if Alex Poitras comes back for a third year, I would have to imagine a junior year Alex Poitras would be what we've expected Alex Poitras Especially,
1: to be. Especially, I mean, yeah. and correct me if I'm wrong, but doesn't Alex, isn't Alex like extremely intelligent? Yes. Yeah. I mean, he's a, an extremely intelligent a guy that the education could really help out get him to do something, and um, – I mean, but he was like a 4.0 super he, – because he's got the twin sister, I think right? he's
2: still, he still might be a, a 4.0 yeah. – He might close around that 4.0 range, which also speaks to the fact that he overthinks on the court. I think he overanalyzes, and when he just plays and he's just – he's not, as Cal says, you know, he's got to be a finisher. He's not – you don't need to be dribbling. You don't need to be starting at the three-point line. Take your man off the dribble, crossover, take it to the rim. Which Terrence Jones was really good at. Um, but if he just reacts and he just flows within the game, he's got a very high ceiling.
1: You know, I, I think he's just figuring out where he fits in right now, and I, I I think he can be that guy. You know, that can kind of bring them together if he's just got a. Uh, and so you're going to have this Kentucky team now where. You probably are going to have more guys stick around over the next three, four years, which will be good. I mean, I, I think overall it's good. So,
3: I think we'll it just is beat good you because when you look back at the championship year, I mean, Darius Miller was a huge component. It, was, of that. It,
4: it wasn't for Miller and Lamb. Kentucky does not win a national championship. I don't disagree with that.
3: I yeah. It Lamb shot lights out that, that Kansas right.
4: game. That's what it was. It wasn't for Miller and Lamb. Kentucky does not win a national championship, and it's just that simple. And that's when that's when you need. The upper class will step up and that's why I say this Kentucky's team may make it to lead eight I think that's about it well I think they're I think
1: if they if if it all comes together you know i I still think they're a national
2: title contender uh all the potentials there whereas you got last year the pieces the pieces weren't there
1: so well last year is last year I'll go back and say you had guys who had n b a bodies but were not basketball players. And people who again studied recruiting, watching this class as a whole—not just the Nerlens newell class at Kentucky—but that class as a whole did not have a lot of NBA-ready
2: type basketball They're athletes, like they're you said. They're athletes. They're athletes, but the fundamentals yes. were lacking, and it was—we're not talking about margins here. I mean, it was night and day. Um, I mean, they had potential, they had talent, they had ability, the talent but it was, was so choppy. So much it boring. was such. A choppy offense. And speaking of
4: a point where it's not living up to potential, you know, Louisville also has a player on their team that hasn't lived up to the hype, and Wayne Blackshear, who. But he's had, at least got an excuse. Yeah, like, 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 he, he has the two shoulder shoulder surgeries. But, you know, he, for parts of his freshman year and last year, you know, even when he came back healthy, he just kind of disappeared. And now I think he's just now showing consistent flashes of what we thought he would be. But he's another guy who's just trying to really kind of settle into his
1: role yeah. and figuring out what his role is. And, you know, I actually think he could be a big impact player on today's game because if he's hitting it from the outside and Kentucky's got to extend their defense anymore, I mean, to me, that's what it really comes down to. Louisville's going to have to win today by hitting three-point shots, and it's got to be people other than Russ. And if they're hitting from the outside, Kentucky's in trouble. If uh, Kentucky can contain them and make Russ work really hard for what he has to get, I think Kentucky's got a really good chance.
2: And off those rust shots, too, if these shots are kicking off the back rim, North Carolina killed us. They absolutely killed us with their offensive rebounding. And granted, North Carolina is just, they practice that. They have specific strategies for tipping the ball back out to the arc. But we have got to grab those misses, too. Well, and the Louisville uh, Louisville's not going to be the same offensive
1: rebounding team. They're not as long as Carolina. And you know if you if we want to compare, and I don't think you can do this. I mean, Carolina struggled last night with Northern Kentucky. Okay, they are so so we can't compare those two games: the Louisville Carolina game, the Kentucky Carolina game, but. They're so – Carolina's so weird. I mean, <laughs> They're so yeah, odd. Carolina like, is the
3: strangest team I've ever seen. They they beat Northern Kentucky by, like, 10 points, like I think. 13, then, but there was
4: a five-point game at halftime. They,
1: yeah. they,
3: they play, right play
4: to the level of their competition. Yeah, I guess That's so. exactly what right. They I'm get sure up for the big
3: games seems. and then the, the smaller games. It's like, what team are we watching right now?
4: All right, so
1: we're going to take our final break before we hand it over to the heartbeat guys. And we'll be right back here on the Weekend Sports Bus. Go Cards.
0: You're listening to the Weekend Sports Buzz. Tell us your thoughts on the Oxmoor-Fort Lincoln Buzz Line at 384-1450. All right, sports
1: fans, here we are at the uh, the Wildcat Warehouse in Fayette Mall here in Lexington, Kentucky. Mike Indoffo, Haven Harrington, this is the last segment of the Weekend Sports Buzz before we hand it over to Tyler Smith and John Martin and Ashley Scobie and Perry Stevenson for the kentucky heartbeat radio show our power you want to give us a little preview of what that's going to be like
2: there uh we're going to kentucky. mock louisville repeatedly blah, blah. incessantly. Blah, blah. we're probably going to go over our least favorite louisville players are you a guy yeah, who would
1: keep- wear uh, like uh, the, the they have to the keep calm and beat louisville shirts would you wear something like that
2: no, see, that's I uh, I can't do that stuff, man. That's too much of a... That's a calm, like, expression. But you should buy
1: the shirt here because it's 60% off. They're 60% off t-shirts, off t-shirts and sweatshirts. And
2: sweatshirts at Wildcat Warehouse right now, Fayette Mall. Um, I've never been one to wear a shirt that, you know, talked about the other side. Or that... Well, depends on how crafty. There's a lot of, like, T-shirts that have those when they're trying to mock the, the rival school, whatever school. And but, it's just kind of corny. You know, it's just not very clever. Like the Duke with a D in the D and the E crossed
1: out. Right. I might actually wear that one. That'd be the only one, maybe.
2: Like puke something like Puke University or something. My like, cousin, when cool we thing. went to the Final Four in uh, in 2012,
1: got a picture taken with Bobby Hurley with the I still hate Leightner t- shirt on.
2: That see, that's a good. That is that is a great shirt. <laughs> that is a good. That is a good shirt. That's one I would still do, but I That's the
1: pinnacle. Do. I wanted, I want a T-shirt that. Supports my fandom of a certain program and not my don't make it because it, it's, it's
2: recognizing them, right? Lexington's not for the birds, by the way, not for the birds, no, but it will be the day. Oh, I don't <laughs> know
4: about that, Hayden. it
1: will be the day. We got about 15 minutes left in our show that we can kind of you know get through some predictions and talk about what's gonna happen. And it, you know, it's always ladies first, so let's hear from Miss <laughs> Ashley Scoby about what she feels is gonna happen today in Rupp Arena. Not Russ Arena.
3: Not Russ Arena. Um, We were talking about this a minute ago, and I was saying I would not be surprised if either team had a, you know, 15, 20-point victory, or if it went to, like, four overtimes. We just don't really know. Um, I am the blasphemous one, and I said that Louisville will pull out and win.
1: Um, What's the difference?
3: Difference, I think, you know, we can say all we want about Kentucky has improved their free-throw shooting. I think that's a huge key in a rivalry game it's going to be close i think we can all agree it's going to be pretty close um, that's a huge key and like you said the guard play on on Louisville is just i mean they've got the, they've got the advantage i think Julius Randle will have a huge game i think the front court will be a huge advantage for kentucky i do think Louisville will pull it out though
2: Mark, see i think it comes down to is going to be hounded and he's going to be double teamed the entire game and it comes down to when Randall kicks out, he's used to double teams. His entire career going through high school AAU. Yeah, he literally he, played with
1: like in high school. He played with like four like scrawny white kids. I mean, that,
2: <laughs> it was like who one went of on these, to play at like University?
1: No, I mean they went on to play like Division three basketball
2: and like had the droopy socks and <laughs> the weird haircut and stuff like that. So the kickout though, when Julius Randall kicks out, there's going to be three point shots open when they double down on him. And do we hit him? Does James Young, is he going to fade back on his shot? Is he going to rush his shot? Or is he going to be patient and hit, you know, 5 of 8 from 3? Aaron Harrison. Aaron Harrison, who's been on a tear, SEC Freshman of the Week. Congrats, Aaron. Last week. SEC Freshman of the Week. Good job. But so he's been on a tear. You know, Louisville does have more neck tattoos, I think, than Kentucky. Does. <laughs> this is true. That
3: okay. is the difference. No, right. That will be the difference.
2: Um, so and
3: back tattoos if we're talking about a certain coach. Oh,
2: yeah. Can you believe that? Like, what, Haven, what is your thoughts on Rick Bettino's back tattoo?
4: I don't care. It's fun. You know what? It's fun. The players like it. But when I first saw the back tattoo, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I saw, like, all those little skin tags and stuff on his back. And the first thing I thought about was Smithers from The Simpsons. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he should have gotten 50 that's seconds first, of fame. That's the first thing I thought about was Mr. Burns. He's, he's in the back. Excellent. We got the tattoo. That's, that's, what, that's what I thought about. And I'm going to leave it at that. So, so Jay Mart, does Kentucky come through with that prediction?
1: I think
2: Kentucky wins by seven. I think I can't believe you man. cannot underestimate Rupp Arena for a monumental game like this. It's when North Carolina rolls in, uh, uh, Cal's first year. That was the last I've ever heard it. I've been to a handful of games, a handful of big games. That's the last I've ever heard it. Same thing two years later with Anthony Davis, a block on John Henson, absolute bedlam. Rupp Arena gets up for these games, and they also. But were if we you there for down, the Perry
1: Stevenson block party against Miami of Ohio?
2: <laughs> yes, was not there I for that. There. I was there for Perry Stevenson's dunk on UNLV, Ooh. and that was Memorial was shaking right. after that because you had the diehards. You had eight thousand diehard fans in there. That was awesome. Rupp Arena for a big game also creates its own momentum. They did it for Cleveland State when we were fighting back earlier this are year, are you really
1: comparing this game to Cleveland? No, State? no, no.
2: I'm telling you, we created momentum. The crowd, <laughs> the when we didn't get were down his place eight. For someplace, man. The he he guy didn't his place hear from someplace. hear me out. Hear me out. When we were down eight points, this is near, and, you know so six minutes left Cleveland in the game. State. The crowd got loud when there was not anything to get loud about, and they will do that today for Louisville. Th- this is everything.
3: I think also um, the student section will actually come through. There are already kids camping out right now outside of Rupp Arena. They were camping out. They'll I be believe drunk. Won't be in the game. Don't worry about them. Well, oh.
4: they're intense, <laughs> they're there, intense right now. There have now. been a
3: lot of games where the student section has not come through terrible. at all. It's, it's been, been awful. awful. And I think this year, this year, this game will actually show that, you know, UK students, hey, they actually can go to the basketball games and be wild in the eruption zone. That's, you know, they, they shoot out the little streamers and say the six-man eruption zone. It hasn't really been a six-man a lot of games this year, but I think this game, they're finally camping out to go out there early, and I think it'll be wild. Today. I
4: hope so. Haven, give us the prediction. Cardinal Mania, as as in the mortal words of Hulk Hogan, (laughs) Cardinal Mania is going to run wild. What you going to do, brother? What you going to do when Cardinal Mania runs wild over you? No, but seriously, seriously. Louisville is going to win. I I predicted all all year long Louisville by seven in this game. Uh, Two keys for me will be experience. Uh, When Kentucky goes on a run, when Louisville goes on a run, how will Kentucky and a freshman handle this? They're the first real rivalry game and all this other stuff. I think Louisville has the edge there. Um, I mentioned earlier, early, and I'm going to say it again, I think actually Wayne Blackshear actually may be the key to this game. I think if if Wayne has a good game and Luke Hancock finds his shot, it's going to be over.
1: I I just think that experience thing is so overplayed. And the rivalry, Russ Smith is the only guy who has really any big-time experience in this rivalry at Rupp Arena because I think the Rupp Arena is going to be the difference. If this game was at the Yum Center or a, you know, neutral I would, or a neutral floor right now, I think Louisville, at this moment, would probably have it. If the fans, I think the fans lift Kentucky to a victory today. And the experience factor of how Louisville's Chris Jones, is not experienced in playing games like this. He's not. Okay. Terry Rozier is not experienced in playing in games like this. Nope. Shane behannon pooped his pants the last time <laughs> he played in rep Arena and got a technical and two early fouls. But he was playing well until uh, he got in foul trouble. Who knows? He played for like three, four minutes. <laughs> he there, was the best three, four minutes of his life. The experience <laughs> factor in this game is so overblown. And this, these Kentucky guys have played Michigan State. They've played North Carolina. Battle tested. They've played Bay- Baylor. They've got... This team has got more experience in big games than Loyal does for this year. For this year, correct. Loyal. I mean, we don't even know what they are. I mean, we have no idea. When you play the two worst teams in college basketball, and and the only top 50 win you have is against Southern Miss, who lost to Western. The fighting Brett Favre's. The fighting Brett Favre's from Hattiesburg. You know, they they get done with the game, and then they go straight to the casino in Mississippi (laughs) because there's nothing else to do. We have no idea what this, what this Louisville team is, and they don't have a, a single win that makes me think that they are, you know, that they're battle-tested in any way. I think that uh, with that being said, the experience in some ways could be in Kentucky's favor. You know, the not having the experience of having the sense of how big the rivalry is and just playing this as a regular game could be good for Kentucky, but playing in big games, playing Michigan State, playing at Carolina – you know, playing at Florida International is real nice for your only road game, but I mean that that doesn't really tell you much about your team. And I just I think there's a whole lot more questions on Louisville that are gonna be exposed today than we even know because all you know right now is how what Louisville's good at. You don't know what they're bad at because they just have had never had that test to really show it.
3: I think and, I mean, not to interrupt you, I, I think I was on a good
1: rant there too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm I thought you were Jesus, done with man. your rant. <laughs> Come on, Tyler, where do you get these people?
3: I think what's important, I mean, will Kentucky play for the entire game? You know, will Andrew Harrison get back on defense every single time? Nope. Well, well. I mean, I think that's a huge component. You know, I haven't watched Louisville that much, to be honest with you. I mean, I don't know that much about Louisville this year. I don't know if they get back on defense as much. I don't know if they get you know, 40 in minutes. Of, yeah, that, that was a bad game. But
1: I'm talking about Carolina killed Louisville in transition.
3: That's what oh, I'm saying. Yeah, that was bad. Yeah.
1: Um, they killed Kentucky too, probably. Yeah.
3: Um, I mean, I think that's a huge component is if they play for the entire game. Because if you if you get down, you know, if you dig yourself a hole like Kentucky has done, they found that it is hard to get out of those holes. So, they have to come out immediately and play. You know, like you said, they don't want to get drilled by Louisville, you know, within the first two TV timeouts.
1: And in some ways, it also would be bad for Kentucky to get out to a big lead early on because I don't know if yeah. they have that killer instinct. And that's where the experience could come into play, where you've got your foot on the guy's throat and you're willing to step down and put him to bed.
3: And Calipari and had I said know. that before this season, that that was the, going to be the problem with this team, whether they could absolutely kill people or right. not whether they had that instinct to say. Or you get
2: up and just coast?
3: Yeah, exactly. He said before the season even started that that was going to be an issue.
2: Here's the point on that, too. That is, I think the crowd factors into that in a major I, way. I would agree with that. That they're going to be up for the entire game so that when you're talking about coasting, I don't think that will ever happen because if they sense any, any change in momentum, in Louisville's favor, I think they're going to get on their feet. I don't which
1: know, they do man. Big I'm really they do worried that big about games. that. I'm really worried about that. And how the phone, when when Louisville has their boom, if they have their boom, because minimizing the boom is really important. How are they going to? How is our fan base going to react to that? And are they going to carry our guys through? you know because i could totally see it going the other way where it gets very quiet in there
3: and i think that's where the students come in you know i think they are the catalyst for those big crowds when they get absolutely crazy i think i think the students are a huge component of that and if they bring it today then they will get the rest of the crowd excited you know a lot a lot of the other crowd needs some you know need some needling a little bit to
1: the
5: blue help hairs.
3: exactly yeah I wasn't gonna say it it's but. okay to say the
1: blue <laughs> hairs. this is fine <laughs> they're not it. listening and they
3: need a little help sometimes <laughs> they need a little encouragement and I think I think the students will play a huge part in that
1: well I'm so encouraged I think after and you know listen I know it's Belmont Belmont's a tournament team and Belmont's a good team I'm so encouraged after how watching that team play in the second half and I have to feel that Cal took the positives from that second half against Belmont Rode them through this week of practice, some intense uh, uh, workouts, and they're they're at a point where they this Kentucky team is ready to come out. Is it today? I hope so. Is it soon? I think it's really coming soon where they're going to start putting this stuff together.
2: I think it is today. Let me add in one more factor, too, of – the benefit of going home for the holidays and you're around the, the table in Christmas dinner. You've got your uncles, you've got your grandpa, you've got your dad, anyone in the family uh, who loves and just obsesses over basketball. I think it is very healthy to go home for the holidays and get your mind right. And I think refocus, a refocus, bit. and they the stage that sets the stage for the game and. You get the break, you get the downtime, but also you become aware of how big the game is. I agree. It's a bad thing for Kentucky to become aware of how big the game is. With it being at home, too. You need to know. When you're talking about coasting, that's what we're worried about is they have to? we have to play with passion, and we're going to like fail fast, as Cal says. We've just got to play with intensity, and we're going to turn it over a few times. Um, you know, we're going to – we'll be jittery coming out. There's no doubt. But just play through it. And as long as you play with that high level of intensity. All right, so here's my prediction. I didn't really give What's your intention? Go ahead. My prediction, we will see
1: this game go to overtime. I cannot – I do not foresee any way that this is a five-point game either way. Um, Kentucky wins in overtime, that there's a technical foul in the first ten minutes. <laughs> Who's the technical on? I don't know, and I could defend. I think whoever gets the technical, that team wins.
3: Well, I was gonna say my money That's is really on Shane Bahannon for the technical. I well, think then we, there's say a that. pretty solid chance.
1: Because I really feel like, you know, we're gonna see a, a technical and maybe it's like we're like it's sometimes coaches get technicals on purpose.
3: Yeah. Absolutely. And it could be
1: some, a thing like that where the coach goes out and gets the technical on
4: purpose to take his team to that
3: next. Rally level. Rally behind They him. might yeah. get
4: one apiece. Either honestly. way, it's going to be a, a sad New Year's for <laughs> Kentucky's fan base. So
1: the year either, either way, loyal fans are either going to drink tonight to celebrate or drink tonight to drown their sorrows, right? Or celebrate anyway or because, drink during because we're going to beat Miami. Game. Listen, you lose to this basketball game, the football game means nothing. No, football game still means something. I don't think so. For the players, it means a lot. All right, so we're wrapping up here the weekend sports buzz. Haven and I are going to step out. We're going to turn over all this stuff to the Kentucky Heartbeat guys. They're going to carry you through for the last hour. And talk all the niceties about Louisville that you ever want to hear. <laughs> and uh, so, stay tuned for the Kentucky Heartbeat Radio Show. We will see you next Saturday, Mike and Haven. We are out. Go Cards. Go Cats.